Hello and welcome to the Codec Moments podcast with me, Andy Brown, at Clinical Andy on Twitter, and my good friend, Dr. Matthew Holt. Good evening, afternoon, morning, whichever one it happens to be. I'm Matt Holt, at Codec Moments on Twitter. Right, so we should probably warn you, this is going to contain spoilers for Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. Yes. I mean, from a gameplay point of view, we're, we're, obviously we're not here to talk about gameplay. If um, if you want to know how it plays and, and what it's like just as a game without any spoilers, head over to the site and listen to the review. If you want to read our technical review of the game, uh, which isn't spoiler heavy, then go to codecmoments.com and you can read Matt's very eloquent, very eloquently written um, review of The New Colossus. I read it this morning and it's, it was oh, nice. Thank you. Good. Thank you. If you um, put up with the spoilers and stay to the end of the podcast, I'll tell you, tell you what I thought of my own review, but I'm not going to spoil it for those who are going to read it now. If you've not played it and want to savor the story and you don't want to know what happens, um, I suggest you to just switch off now and go and listen to one of our old podcasts. Shall I put a divider in? What shall I play? I don't know. Blitzmensch? <laughs> yeah, that'll do. If you, When you hear Blitzmensch, turn off. So you've got, you've got until the end of Blitzmensch. Yeah. yeah. If you stay beyond that point, then it's entirely your own fault if we ruin the game for you. Yeah, okay. Here be dragons. That's not a spoiler, by the way. No, no, there are no dragons in Wolfenstein 2. On a routine transatlantic Zeppelin flight, Olympic decathlete Dieter Goldwitzer was struck by lightning and transformed into... Sabina Vogel as Fraulein Fox. And this week's enemy, special guest star Franz Luthold Sonnenschein as the Illegal Eagle. Okay, so give us a synopsis. A synopsis. So, uh, Wolfenstein 2 follows immediately on from the initial game, which was The New Order, which came out about three years ago. And it literally picks up exactly where that game ends, with BJ severely injured, lying on the floor of the lab in Deshed's compound, and uh, nuclear strikes coming in. Basically, he's, he's consigning himself to, to death and sacrificing himself to save everybody else. And that's how New Order ends. But the way New Colossus picks up is that his mates come into the room and rescue him, pick him up and take him away. And he's very, very badly injured. There's some quite nasty operating scenes that happen trying to save his life but you're drifting out of consciousness and you eventually wake up with a submarine you're on under attack from the nazis who've tracked you down and want to kill you so frau angle is hot on your trail that kicks off the entire new colossus story basically you're brought back from resigning yourself to the fact that you're not going to live anymore to being crippled that's effectively it. And the, the first, I think it's probably the interesting, one of the interesting parts to talk about is the first mission in the game, but in effect, probably the first half of the game is actually BJ coping with the fact he's not a 
not a full man anymore. He's not the super soldier that he was. So you start out, I guess your, your first bit of Nazi smashing is, is all actually done in a wheelchair, which is a really interesting gameplay mechanic. And you get used to it really quickly, I thought. Yeah, it was, it was a bit of a weird one. I, I knew it was coming because I'd, I'd seen some snippets of gameplay. It didn't really ruin anything knowing that, but it was, yeah, I was thinking, how are you going to manage to wheel yourself around and, and control yourself in this? And actually, it was surprisingly straightforward. It was very, probably very guided much more so than the other levels. And the fact you were in a submarine with tight corridors, not really much selection of route, it helped you on that front to get used to it. But yeah, sneaking up and <laughs> quietly wheeling up behind the Nazis and then stealth taking them down was surprisingly satisfying. I think my favourite bit was rolling down the stairs. Into yes. One. <laughs> <laughs> but then when you're rolling down one of the conveyor belts, you get thrown out of your chair and you have to crawl back over to it. And It was a really... It was a really interesting way to introduce the beginning of the game and leaves you spending the first 15 or 20 minutes recognising that Blaskowitz is absolutely on his uppers. He, he is not going to be able to cope with this menace uh, and cope with the battle. He just about manages it within the, the confines of the ship. He does go all... Well, he's got that mentality. He's got that all-American hero. He goes off to save the day. But there's no, no way in the world he's actually going to succeed in it. And through luck rather than judgement and the... Um, the way Frau Engel treats her own family, it um, it doesn't turn out that way at all. He, he manages to just, just get away with it. So basically, we're, we're taken on board the, the Ausmercher, which is Frau Engel's flying yep. fortress, which is cool. <laughs> it was. You're going from this ridiculously big, complex submarine to this equally ridiculously big, complex airship. And... Um, and yeah, 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 it's that technological menace that the new order has created. Uh, it's really putting the fear of God into everybody with these these things floating around and flying around. But yeah, it was it was interesting being taken off into into that airship, into that into her base, into her lair, effectively. But it was very much um, of exactly the same vein as being in Deathshed's compound, and almost I don't know if you felt it, but almost a replay of that, dis- that key decision moment in the first game where you have to decide which one of your buddies survived. It felt a bit like that, but worse, because actually I felt completely helpless in, in that cutscene. So you come off the submarine onto the Ausmercher, onto the Ausmercher, onto the, I can't even mm. say it, onto the Ausmercher, yeah. onto the Flying Fortress, and you, you are, you're turfed out of your wheelchair, you're completely helpless, and Engel's taking an axe towards two of yeah. your friends. And she doesn't hold back. So within the first half hour of the game, Caroline's had her head cut off. Yeah. Um, and that was horrific. Were you, were you Fergus or were you Wyatt? I went Fergus. Right. So, so we both went Fergus. So Fergus had his arm cut off. Yeah. yeah. So that, that sort of happens. And my understanding, I've not, I've not replayed it yet, but my understanding is that Wyatt doesn't get maimed oh. in that way. He gets injured, but not, not his arm cut yeah. off. Oh, I might, uh, I might have to have a look at that. So Fergus has been severely injured. You cannot move. You're out of your wheelchair. They've taken that away. Caroline, who's been using some kind of incredibly ancient but surprisingly sci-fi battle suit augments her abilities, um, she's been stripped out of that. And yeah, there, there is no selection or choice this time around, is there? It's, the Frau Engel is just going to kill everybody that's there in some horrific way. And it's when she, she tries to get her daughter to kill Caroline and starts taunting her. That, that the tone shifts at that point, and you, you kind of realise that you're, that's your escape mechanism. She's, uh, uh, she just pushes her daughter a bit too far, finally. The parallels that can be drawn between her relationship with her mother and also the, the relationship with 
Blaskowitz is Mr. Blaskowitz. Yes. That you can you can see in the, the opening cutscenes as well and the flashbacks that the BJ's having. That's a good point to flash back to it. As all this is happening, BJ keeps disappearing off back into his head and uh, experiencing moments from his childhood with his father, where he's an abusive father, quite domineering, very much a, this is how you be a man kind of thing. You're not a man. That's the entire message that it seems to be through his whole childhood. But you're left with that particularly disturbing scene where you are strapped onto a block by your father who puts a double barrel shotgun in your hand and points it yeah. at the dog that you can't get to stop barking and tells you to pull the trigger. Now, two questions. Yeah. Firstly, did you kill the dog? No. You missed the dog. I deliberately missed it. You can't move the shotgun far, but I moved it enough, so I moved it as far over to the right as I could, so it wasn't actually aiming at the dog. Yeah, me too. I couldn't shoot the dog. Why would anybody shoot the dog? My second question is, how long did you wait hoping that something else (laughs) would happen before you actually pulled the trigger? You're probably getting on to five minutes. (laughs) Yeah, easily, easily. I sat there watching this for five minutes before I thought, I'm going to have to pull the trigger. Yeah, it's... I don't really it doesn't do give it. you an option at all, does it? It makes you do it. Yeah. So if you shoot the dog, you shoot the dog. If you don't shoot the dog, your dad does it anyway. Yeah. So the the first hour of this game is absolutely merciless. Yeah, it is. And whilst you get to play within sections of this, it, a lot of it's just chucked at you and you are a passenger. You don't get the option to fight back as much as you'd like. Yes, we've said you get the wheelchair bit around the submarine. But they're quite short-lived of those sections. It, it is all about guiding you along and absolutely breaking you down up until you get the option to escape. Yeah. You snag poor, dead Caroline's armoured suit, which obviously imbues BJ with um, a lot of armour, but very little health, and at mm. least get to start fighting from that point. But even from that point, Blaskowicz is really down. I mean, he he's, he's clearly knows that he's dying, He's obviously concerned that he so keeps making references to um, to Caroline. You know, can I borrow your wings? Can you just you know watch over everyone? I think at one point he says, "I I don't know if I take this off. I don't know whether it's the only thing that's holding me together." This power armor. He's clearly a broken man. It's quite dark, isn't it? His um his internal monologue is all about how he's just trying to keep himself going for his unborn children. That's the thing that's driving him on, but he knows full well he's never going to meet them. Um, it is very clear he's, he's not making it to the end of the game in his own head. He, he thinks he's on his way out. And it is, it is quite bleak because of it. Now, I don't know if you noticed this, but the I, I played it on medium difficulty. I, I just played it on normal. Yeah, same here. But it was very hard really compared hard. to the last game. You, you Not only are you in a weakened state, so you don't have a lot of health. The armor's there, but it flies off when they're shooting at you. And I found, what I found particularly difficult, maybe it's just the way it's been built into us over the last few years, there seemed to be no hit markers. You didn't know you were being hit by anything. You could hear the noises and things, but it's only when you were getting right down to your last 10% health before it flashed anything on the screen to tell you you're, you're actually getting shot from somewhere. The way I found it was you, you did have a hit marker, but it wasn't, it wasn't actually that useful. It wasn't the. It wasn't clear. The direction that the hit was coming from wasn't abundantly clear, especially not in the the frenetic yeah. action. And I I do think that's probably a deliberate design. Yeah. It, yeah no. I, I don't think. Given everything else in there, I, I'd agree with you. It's not an oversight that they forgot to tell you when you were getting shot at. And it's certainly not a cover shooter. Interesting you say that though, 
because the cutscenes always heavily hinted if you're struggling, get behind cover and peek. And cover was destructible. Cover was destructible, and the the amount of explosive objects in the environment in a lot of the, especially a lot of the the closer, tighter fights where the enemies could flank you quite easily. So the one I'm thinking of particularly is the penthouse apartment oh, in yeah. New York. It's clearly been bombed to smithereens by nuclear weapons, and it, it's an atrocious place. But somehow the Empire State Building is still standing. Yep. And at the penthouse at the top, the resistance movement, what's left of them, are holed up. So you make your way up there, the Nazis find you, and you cover everyone's escape. Yeah. And that was, I had to drop the difficulty level. It was so, <laughs> it, I, I, I must have done it about 30 times before I thought, do you know what? I just want to play the game and I, finish I it. I persevered. I did the full story campaign on, on the same difficulty. I didn't drop it. But that took, oh, 15, 20 goes. And yeah. a little bit of luck with it as well. It, it wasn't just, and I was swearing at the TV for how unfair it was. And that's not like you. No. No, I uh, you don't. I mean, I I will scream and shout at the TV and say it's you know it's rigged against me and and rage quit. But that is not your style. No, no, I was, and uh, I, it wasn't the only point. Wasn't the only point at all. There were a lot of points in that game where I'm going, "How dare you!" You know, but not bad checkpointing, just points where you triggered that that respawn location or that reload location, and you had no health and no ammo, and you're like, ah, not again. <laughs> It was it, it was really, really tough in parts. But that, that the, the sense of elation actually completing that was great because it did feel like a true battle. It was the bit afterwards when um, when it said jump to the helicopter and uh, I had a heavy weapon equipped and, and missed oh, the helicopter. Didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Just didn't didn't have enough speed as I as I in my run up and uh, plummeted to um the shattered streets of Manhattan <laughs> below. I didn't even realise you could do that. <laughs> just yeah, apparently, yeah. apparently that's a thing. But it was, um, I don't, yeah, it was it was a hard fought, a hard fought mission. But that's the first point that introduces you to the resistance and to Grace Walker, her guys, super special, who's just completely nuts, the baby, and then then a whole host of sort of random characters that you you will see around the, the around Eva's hammer. But what what did you think of Grace? I'm interested to take it as a character. I actually quite liked her. She's got... Oof, how to put it? I think she's a bitch. Yeah. If I'm honest, I think she'll, I think she'll do anything. I think she'll do anything to survive. Yeah. I, um, I didn't like her. Partly for that reason. Partly because I thought she was an absolute over-the-top stereotype. And I appreciate most of the characters in this game are going to be. Yeah. But it, was just, it just grated slightly. More, probably more that she comes in and immediately takes Caroline's place. Not that I was particularly attached to Caroline, because perfectly honest, when the game started up, I couldn't remember who she was. But it, it was the way it was the way she kind of took control of everybody, and it was just a little bit strange. I think that is covered in the story, though. I mean, it's, it's made out that Grace and Caroline had radio communication. Yeah, it did. It does mention that they were clearly both resistance leaders, and I think that. Probably after that point, the majority of the people on Eva's Hammer were from the New York Resistance. I think it made sense that she would she would step up. It, it might it might do. It's just uh, partly for that, partly just because the way the, the character. I, wa- I wasn't keen on her as I, I wasn't. No, I wasn't invested in her. Okay, so well, that's that's reasonable. So um, plot happens. Grace reminds everybody that they've got nuclear weapons on board the nuclear yep. submarine. Fergus has some crazy relationship with his arm. <laughs> <laughs> Goes missing at one point. I guess the next the, the next part is um, 
infiltrating Roswell. So there's a there's a big Oberkommando base built in Roswell, New Mexico, where it turns out there's ancient underground research been mm. going on. And the idea is you go in there, take a nuclear weapon, and destroy it. Yeah, get in there, kill off the Oberkommando, and start the resistance proper. So after that happens, instead of heading straight back to the heavily fortified nuclear submarine resistance HQ, Billy decides to go home and reminisce. Of course. Because that's, that's what you're going to do. It's on his way home. So heads back to Mesquite, Texas. It, it's quite a nice scene around his old farmhouse, I suppose, with, where you get to see the other, the other Billy, which is a, a young black girl mm. that he, um, he was friends with when he was young, that obviously his dad wasn't comfortable with that relationship. Yeah, that, that approach in, in those scenes, it, it very much tackles both, well, mostly African-American racism and also the Jewish racism as well. It, it, despite his father being married to a Jew, BJ's mother, it does touch on some really, really awkward and weird stuff that ultimately results in the fact that when, when the Nazis invaded, his father actually gave up his mother, reported her, and she was sent off to a camp. You do run into your father, who obviously has, has heard that Terra Billy is, is on you know, US soil and has uh, committed this atrocity in, um, mm-hmm. in Roswell. So Dad goes back to the family home that he's not been to for many years. Turns out that he's now doing very well. He's a, he's a landowner. He's a, a farm owner. And he basically makes the point that, hey, actually, if you just roll with it, Life's pretty good under the Nazis. <laughs> it flips everything on its head a bit that you, you start to see, actually, this isn't just subjugation. This is normalisation. Yeah. So, obviously, we have to murder Daddy. Yeah, and how... Um, With a hatchet. <laughs> how quickly <laughs> did you do that? Because <laughs> it, it comes into it comes into a one-on-one not, fight with him. Not as it? quickly as you'd have thought. Yeah, yeah, and no, no, I, I was stating there trying to. Uh, I don't think it lets you just get in there and kill him straight off. Correct us if, if we're wrong on that, but I think it, you do dance around a little bit, don't you? Yeah, yeah. They, they draw the moment out slightly. But he, he, by, the, by the point you get round to it, he deserves it. The long and the short of it. He yeah, deserves he, it probably as much as any of the other characters. By the time you get there, you're just thinking, you, you need to die. I think, yeah, selling, selling your mother out. And, um, and did, you, did you pick up all the letters around the property as well? I think so. There's so many of them, I can't remember, but I know I, I picked up a so lot. So there's a couple, so there's one from Frank, who is his friend and business partner, saying yes. that, you know, this has gone too far now, you, you've lost all our money, you've done this, I think, you know, we need to consider our friendship yeah. over. And then there's another letter to be found in the house, which is basically from the local open commander uh, saying, Herr Blaskowicz, thanks very much for your intel, um, I'll be looking into this Frank yeah. person and a few others. Yeah. He's a very he's, well. Okay, so I see. I see how you're a landowner yeah, now. Then. He's a very uh, bitter man, isn't he? With no loyalties whatsoever to anybody. He even gives you up. He's there. He's had the telephone yeah. line open so they can track you. And uh, Frau Engel arrives in the giant flying fortress, which picks up your house in a slightly Wizard of Oz kind of way. <laughs> it did feel a little bit like we were going to end up on the Elevate Road after a, after. Flying up into a I was thinking it was more of like a horrific version of Orp. It's interesting thinking about it now, that kind of Wizard of Oz analogy perhaps isn't such a bad one. No. Because the next thing we have is um, we're obviously arrested, we're put in a cell, and Super Spech turns up pretending to be our yep. lawyer. He's got a plan. Everyone else is in the garage. He's going to basically lure the guard in, kill the guard, wheel you out, get you to the garage, and then escape. Bish, bash, bosh. Yeah, sounds again. like a good plan when he's there. Yeah, exactly. Lures the guard in. Terribilly's escaped, he's gone that way. The guard goes to look. Super Spech goes to get the guard, and Frangle and uh, another couple of guards come in and just shoot yeah. him. So that's it. Super Spech out, down, gone. 
And then we hear a lot of gunfire. Frau Angle says she's going to go off and, and deal with everybody in the garage. Yep. We knew about your plan all along. And then we basically go to a what, a show trial. Yeah, you're, you're in giant courtroom, aren't you? Yeah. About to be sentenced for your terrorist crimes. And it, it's looking it's looking dire. But thankfully, BJ sees an opportunity to escape. Yeah. And there's an absolutely massive battle throwing all kinds of different enemies at you. Yeah, that was another 20, 25 attempts fight on normal difficulty. That was yeah. hard. It's one of those where you, you hit, yeah, that was you really hit hard. a point in it where you know you've done it. And it's a long way before the actual end of the battle, but it's just getting to that point in the first place is so, so tough. And it just keeps throwing big enemies at you. Like I say, you've effectively broken free in some prison overalls. We know weapons. It's it's an absolute that is that one. The, that's the point. The first kind of third of that battle when you're, you're scavenging for weapons and ammo and whatever health and armor you can find, it's dire straits. Yeah. And get beyond that, it was a lot easier. Once the doors to the outside open and you find some weapons caches and, and armories, it was a lot yeah. easier. Yeah, it was. It was. But the one thing, and, and it'd be interesting to see if you, you noticed this, because it's probably going to lead into some of the other stuff that we're thinking. But he does that totally unaided from his armoured suit. Miraculously, he's fully healed. And he's able to take everybody on. And you, you're thrown into it in the moment. You, you don't even think about it. Do you know, I didn't even think about it till till you've mentioned yeah, it. You, you know, you just... The, from... Literally, and, and time, it doesn't really give you time how long he's been in captivity. Blaskowitz makes it sound like he's been in captivity for months, but then I think they also say he's only been in a few days. There's no way he could have healed. Um, he'd had the conversations with Anya that he was going to die within a week based on his injuries, even though he was in the uh, was in Caroline's suit. So it's all, all very strange, but you don't think about it because you're just thrown into it. Then pretty soon you realise it's just a fantasy. It's revealed to be a dream sequence, and you're sentenced, and off you go. There's no, there's no yeah. escape. You basically put on the executioner's block, Frau Angle's there above you with a sword, and you're thinking, how am I going to get out yeah. of this? And then she chops his <laughs> head off. Yeah, yeah, you don't get out of it. You watch, you, your view is fixed, and you watch that sword come down. So, from there, she drops your head into a flaming pit, and there's a, there's a very brief kind of rewind moment, and I did think, oh my god, don't make this another dream sequence or, or a rewind what's really going to happen yeah. sequence, because that's... Just weird. But no, it turns out that your friends are somehow below <laughs> this massive Nazi fortification yep. with thousands and thousands of Nazis all watching BJ get beheaded. Yep. And somehow they're able to catch his head, drop a fake one into the burning pit of fire that his was headed towards, pull it back to w- whatever makeshift laboratory they've managed to set up under yep. whichever Nazi city they're in. And then basically connects him up to oxygen and, and turn him into a head in the jar. Yeah, it goes off future armour. In the space of about about 45 seconds yeah. before they run out of their little makeshift laboratory into heavily Nazi-occupied territory. Yeah. And somehow escape completely unscathed. Yeah. From that point on, the game turns on its head a bit. BJ gets a new body from a super soldier they've captured. Yeah. You know, events start to take a turn for the better. It seems like the Resistance are starting to make some headway. They do. They head off to New Orleans, don't they? Recruit uh, Horton, who's uh, almost an evangelical Resistance leader. You hear the most I think BJ has ever said in a drinking competition, where he just starts spouting and it's very uncharacteristic. It was brilliant. It was actually a brilliant scene. (laughs) Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that where he. 
it's true patriotism, but yet weariness of war shining yeah. through. Yeah, you, you get them on side, you battle your way out of New Orleans, more people on the Eva's hammer. You travel to Venus. Everyone has a party <laughs> in which Fergus, Fergus tries to fly a helicopter around a hangar while he's absolutely hammered. And does it? No, but the, the whole, yeah, it, it has these incongruous, impossible moments. Heading off to Venus to audition to play the lead of the Blaskowitz story. And finding out yeah. that the producer happens to be Adolf Hitler. In a very, very surreal yeah. scene with, with a clearly senile Hitler, which was kind of a combination of comedy, horror, and I don't know. It was just, it was really uncomfortable. In, uh, oh, yeah, it's, a very, oh, it's very, very bizarre. But then you, yeah, you succeed. You can, well, you, you say it because I, I didn't do this part. I, I went. Stra- I went straight on without realizing you could do it. So, so there's, there's a point where they, they get you to go up an audition. You have to take down a guard in a big glass box, and the the guy who goes before. So there's three people being auditioned. One one of whom has already been shot by Hitler. I yes. Think. So the guy who goes before you goes in and does a rather pathetic audition where he gets punched in the face by this this soldier, yeah. <laughs> and then tries to act out the scene with a busted nose. So you go in, and there's a moment when you kind of walk past Hitler, and I just thought, oh, can't I just go over there and stamp on his... Oh, I can. <laughs> so I, I kicked him in the head, and then you die, because everyone goes, oh, he's kicking Hitler. Mm. That's, you know, <laughs> we probably shouldn't allow that. So you get a bit shot, and you haven't got any weapons, and you can't fight back at that stage. But if you go into the glass box to do your audition, you, you can effectively um, melee the soldier and then um, shoot him with his own yeah. weapon. And everybody's reaction is, oh, wow, that was yeah. brilliant. <laughs> it's extremely <laughs> surreal. He's really captured the spirit of Blaskowitch. <laughs> this is it's, a, it's so well tongue-in-cheek. It's bizarre, but, but it really works. You, you finish up on Venus, you do what you need to do, which is steal the, uh, the Odin code so that you could get, yeah. get on the Osmizer and, uh, and, and take it over, yeah. which you do. So you, it's, yeah. it's effectively boss fight after boss fight after boss fight as you, you're battling your way through. You get to control station which just Anya and now for, for surrealism taking your heavily pregnant partner on a final battle on a flying fortress is probably not the sanest thing to do but you do for some reason especially not when you've got you've got an entire nuclear submarine full of other resistance yeah, yeah, people the, it, it there's did, better choices it was a bit of a stretch better choices, isn't there? so you make it to the control room she's she's worked her own way there as well you're about to get chomped by a Panzerhund and shot by about 16 other guards, and she flies into the room, lobs a grenade through a door at them all, dives on you to cover you, grenade goes off, kills all of them, sets her jacket on fire, and I just, I genuinely just did not see the point, so she just whips her clothes off, sits on top of you, and gets rained in blood. I don't even know exactly what the symbolism of that was, but I'm not sure. No, I'm not going to dig too deep. I'm not sure I want to examine it too but, deeply. But it's another, it's another point where you're thinking, this is just nuts. And then you, you go on to get Engel, because she's been interviewed by, is it Jimmy Carter? Uh, yeah, it's something like that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So you sneak up and murder her on live television, quite disturbingly. Hatch it to the face. Yep. And yep. finish that off, and then it's still broadcast, and the credits roll. And it's just... What? So tone, like tonally, there's there's a massive change in in tone from the first half of the game up until the execution, and after that, yeah, yeah, it's it's very very so, grim, very dark, very hard up to that point. When you when you 
get executed and changed to the super soldier body, BJ becomes more like the character we know from the previous games. A lot more tongue-in-cheek, a lot lighter. Yeah, and uh, combat is easier. You can still die, but you are a lot more of a super soldier. You, you notice that difference in body. Yeah. Based on that change in tone and just a few other little points in the game, I know that you, I know you, because we discussed this, and I know you felt the same mm. way. Do you think he's dead? I <laughs> Is he actually dead? Because there's the whole thing about after he gets his super soldier body, he lies down with Anya and Eva's hammer, and he says, what happened in the garage? And the only response you get is, oh, we, we had a trick up our sleeve. Yeah. And that's it. There's no more reference to it throughout the entire game. And it just set my mind racing that actually, is he dying? And this is, this is his kind of dying fantasy. He doesn't know what happened in the garage, but this is all a construct in a dying Blazkowicz's imagination. I, I thought it, that scene and a couple of other things that are mentioned, yeah, I think when, when he has his head chopped off, and we'll, we'll pro- be proven completely wrong with this, I'm sure. But when he has his head chopped off, I, I believe he did actually die at that point. You're right, it's, his, it's either his, his last few seconds of brain being starved of oxygen that constructs everything to make it a worthwhile death, or it's just the consciousness carrying on in, in an interpretation of whatever happens when you die. But it, it just feels, it's so strange, that tone shift is so severe. It, everybody's attitudes change. I know it's a far-fetched game, you know, let's be honest, it's it's a game that's built on a far-fetched idea, you know, in, in Wolfenstein 3D, the final boss was Mecha Hitler, mm. who had Gatling guns for arms. So I'm not saying, I'm not one of these people who's out there going, oh, well, it's just not realistic, is it? You know, this, is, this should be about killing Nazis. This, I thought it was an absolutely brilliant story, phenomenal, one of the best, one of the best stories in a game I've played in a long time, I really enjoyed it, but... There's a lot of things. It strikes me that the devs have deliberately signposted this. They've gone out of their way to make people think this. So either it is Blazkowicz is dead, or is it is it a plot point they're going to address in another game or in DLC? I just is it don't know. Is is he going to lose confidence in whether he is real or really alive? I genuinely don't know. I don't know. I don't know whether the um, where the DLC is going to take it. With the Freedom Chronicles, I don't know if they're going to turn out to be the the trick up the sleeve that helps them out in the parking garage. Because I played the first, I've played episode zero of that because that unlocked today. So I've got, yeah, I've got, maybe I've got that a will feeling. Maybe maybe Freedom Chronicles will actually tell us what really yeah, happened. Potentially, because it's a reuse. It's reusing existing locales. They've been redecorated, but it's reusing existing assets and then telling a different story of three different, totally different, unrelated characters. You know, because let's be honest, okay, so it's it's a game that stretches the believable at the best mm. of times, you know, a flying fortress that could pick up a submarine or a house, you know, a series of uh, of underground rocket trains under Nevada. Okay, yeah. maybe. But their infiltration of whatever Nazi stronghold it was where he was being executed just seems a little bit well, too... It was in front, of the, it was in front of the Lincoln Memorial, so it was in Washington. Yeah, yeah, um, right, yeah, with yeah. The, And the Lincoln Memorial was actually Hitler. Didn't see yeah, that. So I think it was Hitler's head. <laughs> on that that's interesting uh but okay so that i mean but then the venus thing okay so in in new order we went to the moon yeah but venus i know auditioning for a film role for hitler on venus i know it all it all just points (laughs) and saying this is just (laughs) stupid and i think a lot of it and this is actually this is actually nonsensical now and it's one of those things actually i wouldn't mind listening to um 
I wouldn't mind listening to BJ's speech again when he's getting drunk with Horton. Because that that amount of yeah. he, he's so verbose in that. And like you say, he really lets his passions fly. It's almost a last guess. This is this is definitively what I believe and who I am. But that yeah. that again is also very much unlike the character we've seen. He did a bit in the new order, yeah. He did he did have a bit of a, a chat but not through the whole of this game he's not like that at all and then it's a one-off it doesn't really happen again now you could argue it's just the uh the moonshine that horton plies in with that causes it but it's it's just yeah it, it, everything i just went he died and this is a fantasy isn't it and i almost feel that he threw us off the scent by putting the dream fan dream fantasy in first and then yeah. I've screwed us over by saying, ha the entire second half of the game is just fantasy. I don't know. They lampshaded it so strongly. They, they hung such a hat on it that it just makes me think it's got to be addressed at some point. It's got to be their plan to address it at some point. There's no way. But there's no way that can't be intentional, right? I, I just don't think so. But if it, uh, if it isn't intentional, it's a massive plot hole. So, yeah. So, I guess, I guess we wait and we see. And I'd love to hear what you think about it what everyone else thinks about it yeah so yeah i really enjoyed the game it was it was fantastic to play through and i'd be more than happy to play through it again there's an arcade mode that's just been opened up you know the the combat is so satisfying and everything else but it's just yeah i I genuinely don't know what to make of it the one the one thing i'll say from uh from a viewpoint did did you find any um, any clipping issues with scenery? I found I did find myself getting stuck. No, I, I um, shadows shadows flicking in and out, depending on your distance from objects and the oversensitivity of picking items up. That you have to be. It wasn't not necessarily a case of oh, having yeah, to look yeah. directly at them. Sometimes you had to look away from them to get them to register. Um, walking over armor and ammo. Sometimes it picked it up. Sometimes it didn't. Um, those bits were a bit. I felt were a little bit clumsy, but I felt the movement as a whole not it wasn't a problem. Game breaking. So yeah, it's it's a phenomenally insane game, which does exactly what it should do. It's totally over the top all the way through. It gets even more over the top through the back half of it. Whether it's all real or not, I don't know, but I I do know it's a game that's sat in my machine now for uh, when did it come out Thursday? It's been in solidly for twelve days, and I haven't. Taking it out. I mean, look, I I completed it within a week of launch. Well, that's that's saying saying something. I did, and it's not a short game either. This is the, what 13, 14 hours maybe. I, I and I know. went on. I did all the um, commandants as well because you've kind of like got a mission. So it's just the fifteen or sixteen of them to do, which in, involves surprisingly quite a bit of grinding to get the requisite number of um, enigma codes to, 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 enigma to code. actually open them up. I went through all of that. The Enigma thing was a satisfying little puzzle the first three or four times I did it, and then it was just <laughs> like, oh, for goodness sake. It was those first couple of times where you get it wrong and you think, I haven't got enough time to do this. But it's, uh, it's you know, I, I, I put a lot into it because I wanted to have some kind of secret ending cutscene open up to tell me what was going on. And, and, and so I wanted the 100% completion for it. I've got all the collectibles, and I've done all the commandants, the only thing I haven't got is all the um, readables because, oh, hell, I, I don't know how I would go back through and find all of them. But, yeah, I think it's going to leave us hanging. And as much as I like to think the Freedom Chronicles might address some of the questions, given what I've played today, they're a lot of fun, 
in the same vein as the main game. Um, Claudia Black actually plays one of the one of the characters in that, which I was quite surprised to hear her voice. But it's um, they maybe looking like they're self-contained stories as well. It'll be interesting if it just throws fuel on the fire rather than actually clearing yeah, anything up. Yeah, it's you know. We we said it with the new order. That was my game of the year when it released, and at the moment, I would say this year I've not played anything else that has made me think as much about it as the new Colossus has done. Well, look, we're recording. We're recording a podcast, a spoiler cast about the new Colossus on the day that they've released Hitman Game of the Year edition. So instead of playing that, we're talking about the new Colossus. <laughs> That's true. I could be, I could be pretending to be Corky the Clown and hitting people with a with a special, the, the new bat. <laughs> That's how much it's making us think about it. That's true. Yeah. Well, there we go. So, yeah. If you've listened to this and you haven't actually played the game, if you're if you're if you're like me and you're not actually spoiler averse, and you like to kind of drink in as much information about something as you can, do go back and do go and play it. It's really, really worth it. And it's, it is a brilliant story, and it's got some fantastic moments in it, some great interactions between the characters. The, the moment when you're actually genuinely rooting for a former Nazi to smash a resistance leader oh, in the face yeah. and just say, be a bit nicer to me, it was good. There are some great characters in there, and they really do make you feel about them. But it's just full of these questions. Yes. It is. It is. It is. Oh. Well done, Machine Games. That, that's... Two in a row. Well, three if you count the DLC from the New Order as well, because, you know, the old blood was great. So, you know, yeah, fantastic effort. I thoroughly cannot wait to see what they do next. And the question I'm going to leave you on, without an answer to it, because I think it could potentially be an entirely different podcast, is do you actually think the next Wolfenstein game will even be a first-person shooter? (laughs) I think it'll be an an isometric point-and-click adventure. (laughs) DLC number two. Okay. Yeah, because it doesn't have to centre around Blaskowitz. They now have a fully realised world and backstory that whilst the resistance is kicking off, they still have not liberated everybody. And there's actually there's an awful lot of scope. Yeah, well, since we said it before we played the game. It's an interesting universe they're building, quite literally, if they're off to Venus. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's, it's a nice little world they've created. And, um, yeah, I, I still want to spend more time yeah. in it. All right, thanks very much. Uh, if you've got any thoughts, any views, uh, let us know. Let us know your opinion of it. Let us know what you think. Is is BJ dead? Are we barking at the wrong tree? Is this a twisted trail of breadcrumbs they've left to lead us off the scent? Is it just bad? Yes, it just, it's just really bad plot writing, yeah. and it's a terrible story. I don't believe that. I don't, I don't want believe to that. believe it, given the care and attention that has gone into building everything else. But let us know what you think. You can tweet us at Codec Moments. Well, you at yeah. Codic Moments. But uh, Facebook at Codic Moments. Yes, Facebook's a good one. And you can email us at uh, podcast at codicmoments.com. All right, fabulous. Well, thanks very much, and uh, we'll be back Take soon. Care. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.